This week we'll talk about a new role in the data team, and this role is analytics engineer. And we have a special guest today, Victoria. Uh, Victoria, e, Victoria works uh, as an analytics engineer. Uh, she has background in system engineering, and she works as an analytics engineer at TIER in Berlin. And overall, she has over five years of experience working with ERP systems, reporting, and databases. She's very passionate about using technology, and she wants to help uh, people to make their daily tasks easier. But and in her free time, she likes to encourage people to enter the IT world by volunteering, teaching, and mentoring. And also, Victoria is one of the first people who joined Data Talks Club, one of first 10 or 20, I don't remember. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so welcome, Victoria. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, before we go into our main topic of what is analytics engineering, let's start with your background. Uh, can you tell us about your career journey so far? Um, yeah. So as you said, I studied systems engineer in back in Argentina. So that is computer science, basically. Um, and then since I knew a lot about accounting because my parents are accountants and I worked with them for several years and I like that as well. It felt super natural to me to start working with ERP systems. Um, and um, I was basically helping accountants to use ERP, so to use technology to calculate payroll and taxes. Um, and then from there, um, I came to Berlin in 2018. And then I continue also working in a similar role. So helping in the finance team, uh, defining and making reports, uh, connecting the ERP systems with other systems um, and automating processes. And then eventually I wanted to move from the ERP world. And that's uh, kind of how I end up in the analytics engineer role. Um, so I've been here now for seven months as an analytics engineer uh, and enjoying it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, so what do you do as an analytics engineer? What kind of responsibilities do you have? And uh, how does your typical uh, day look like? Um, so I do a lot of uh, data modeling. I work a lot around also uh, the data quality, the data availability. So uh, things that I could be doing in a day-to-day -day are, for example, trying to build a new pipeline uh, making that data available, building a model, cleaning that data, so then it's available for the data analyst and the data scientist to use. Um, so exposing that data to Looker, for example, and also working if um, there's something that went wrong because something failed, then I definitely have to jump in and check why the data is not available, why the data is not clean. Data, uh, so you said modeling, I mean, it's, uh, you probably mean data modeling, right? Yeah, data modeling. So like creating all these uh, diagrams, like how the data looks like, uh, what are the entities in the data? Um, like, yeah, so more like writing that. So what is, what is that? Uh, um, okay. Yeah, so more writing like the SQL, definitely, I meant like doing the, building the models around the, the data and um, creating the tables or views uh, and the, writing the queries behind it to model the data to be able to, to be used for the analysis. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you mentioned one tool, I think you mentioned Looker, which is uh, 
I don't know, it's like a tool maybe for building dashboards or what is that? Yeah, yeah. So Looker is a BI tool similar to what would be Tableau, for example. Um, and in there you can build, uh, so you can do queries as well from there. Uh, and then you can have dashboards uh, and build uh, reports as well. So that, that would be the tool that's exposed to the end user. So the business users that are going to be consuming the data from Looker. And then for us or in the data team, we use DVT for doing like the whole modeling. And what it does DVT is essentially a transformation tool. Um, so we take the, the data from, from the, that comes from the data pipelines, from either our backend events or um, maybe our external data. And then with DVT, we transform that data and we make the model. So we do like everything that we need to either clean or we need to change or like maybe calculate something or things like that. We try to do it everything in DVT. And uh, so this DVT is a transformation tool you said. So what does it do exactly? Is it uh, like you just write a bunch of SQL queries and uh, put them? Yeah. Yeah, basically, but also it helps you. So yeah, basically it's that, essentially it's that you write a lot of SQL queries with it, uh, but it has a very good things. Um, so it helps you introduce all the software. If you think about like the software development process that you normally study in university uh, and you think about data, they don't get along very well normally. Uh, so DVT brings that, I would say, DVT brings that to the data team and the data work. Um, basically, you have like all these SQL files, but you also have uh, YML files where you would have documentation about the models that you're writing about. And um, everything is in a GitHub repository. So you have virtual controlling as well, um, which is sometimes very hard, or at least in my experience, to introduce uh, in data, uh, something like version controlling, but it's also something that it's extremely useful to have. Um, and uh, it also helps you, so it has tests. You can write tests about your data. You can write your own and you can also use normal kind of like unique, non-null kind of test. Um, and the nice thing about it is that you don't really have to write the DDL. So you wouldn't have to write create table, create view, drop table. You just write an, an, a select and um, it does the whole thing for you. It compiles the code afterwards. Hmm. So DBT is a tool you said for transformation, for transformating data. So you write a bunch of SQL queries and then takes care of uh, understanding, like uh, of creating these tables actually, right? Yeah. You said uh, you don't need to write to worry about the uh, DDL. So then you can also do tests with uh, this tool, right? Yeah. So check that the data quality is good. And uh, I guess you can also schedule the queries, yeah. like to run them at a particular day. Right? Yeah. So they and then if there's like dependency. Yes. Yes. So. yes. It, it managed like the whole dependencies. Um, it even builds the, the DAG uh, and you can see like how the models connect to each other and you can like, you could run. So let's say we have like a source model and then on top of that, like you would build a DIM table. Then you could, you could run from the deem table, everything that comes before or from the source, everything that comes afterwards, which is very nice. Um, so you can easily like check dependencies downstream and upstream as well. Um, and then also they have this, so duty is open source, but then they also have this paid part, uh, enterprise part, I think it is, uh, which is DVT cloud. And in there you can schedule everything. Um, 
so so in there you can you can set the schedule and run your models depending on tags that you could use for example or, or like if they are tables or views or something like that uh, we have some of them for example some of the data are is refreshing every hour some of the data only during the night so this is uh, so you mentioned looker which is the tool for end users you mentioned dpt are there other tools that you also typically use in your uh, in your work um, yes, so I also use one tool that's called Adlib for, for doing the, the ETL. We, we mostly do ELT oh. because the transformation is done in DBT, right? But um, I was saying that we also use Adlib, e e uh, so it's like a ETL tool to, to load the data from the, the S3. So we have the data coming into S3 buckets and then we use this tool to load this data into Snowflake. So also Snowflake, um, we used to have Redshift before, so normally you'd have to 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 use one of these cloud computing uh, warehouses. Um, and I've seen also other companies they use maybe sometimes Python or these Jupyter notebooks in the analytics engineer role, or at least they they request for that. Do you also use them, or you just saw that others require? I saw that others do it i i don't i just use this i use a lot of like okay. people, basically uh that's my, my my main language and then at uh snowflake and looker okay so snowflake is there so you have this dbt where you write sql queries but these queries need to be executed somewhere yeah and this somewhere is snowflake right so this is when okay. where the queries are running yeah the queries are running looks like they, they type so, the story and so like basically okay and uh, how did you become an analytics engineer i think you you mentioned uh, yeah. uh, that you were interested in accounting and you were doing all the this uh, erp analysis uh, and working with financial data but then at some point you decided to become an analytics engineer so how did this happen to you? And what did you need to, to actually do to, to transition in this uh, role? Um, yeah, so it was kind of like chances. It wasn't that I was acti actively looking for analytics engineer and I didn't really know what it was analytics engineer before, to be honest. Um, but um, I applied for a normal BI position, I would say. I don't even remember which was the position that I applied for. And then I did all the interviews and I think like the last interviews were on a Friday and then on a Monday, I was told that they were going to a hiring freeze because of Corona. And then after a few months, um, the hiring manager, they, he reached out to me again and said, um, hey, we, we are opening, we're hiring again. Are you willing to talk and like have a chat? And then he told me about this position and it sounded really cool. It sounded like something that I wanted to, to be doing. It was very, so it's some parts, I mean, they're very similar to what I was doing before. So before I was also working in with data warehousing and all of that, but I was working like more with the ERP data, so the, the SAP data. And this um, was more like data in general, I would say, and also so it's specific, so domain um, in that domain. And um, yeah, so that's basically how, how I ended up. And I even remember that at the end of that call, he, he then says, oh, okay, so then I'll send you the email with the offers, the, like the details of the offer. And by the way, the, the role is called analytics engineer. And 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you had no idea that uh, this is the role you interviewed for? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, yeah, do, do you know how they actually decided, why they decided to have this, uh, this kind of role, the company? Uh, how did they came up with the idea of yeah. starting to have yeah. engineers? Um, no, I mean, I know that during Corona, they were thinking about how to reshape the, the, the team and how, where they're going to grow, like make the team grow and all of that. There's also, I mean, they were using DVT before and DVT are the, one of the, the main um, pushers, like the ones that are pushing for the analytics engineers, I would say. Uh, so that would also make sense that it came from from there, but I owe you the answer to that one. This position looks like, uh, so to me, when I read job descriptions, uh, it really looks like a data engineer, but on the other hand, there's this analytics components. So what is the main difference between analytics engineer, uh, a data analyst, and uh, a data engineer? Um, so the, the analytics engineer is supposed to be in the middle of the data engineer and the data analyst. Um, and the lines are a little bit blurry, I would say, because I think that even in my team, not even different companies, some of us, we, we go like more in the data engineer side and others more like in the data analyst kind of side. I, I think that will, it's going to vary. Um, but, um, overall the data analysts, they, sometimes they have to do a lot of like this data cleaning, data availability, when in reality they have a lot of like the business knowledge and they should take care of analyzing the data and not cleaning the data, right? And maybe their SQL, they work and it has a lot of business logic, but it's not the most efficient kind of queries or like the, because they normally come from another type of background, like a computer science kind of background and they don't have like the uh, good software development kind of practices. And uh, in the case of the data engineers, they are way, way more technical and maybe they are lacking a little bit more like the business vision uh, to the thing. So they do have the software engineering kind of practices, but they don't have the maybe the do domain knowledge. So the analytics engineer comes a little bit in between of that. And it's supposed to help the analyst to, to apply their business knowledge but also work with the data engineers. So collaborate with the data engineers as well, bringing like this business uh, knowledge as well. Mm -hmm. So um, basically they, they know both, right? So analytics engineer knows uh, how to be a good analyst and uh, they also know how to be a good data engineer, right? Or... <laughs> in between, yeah. I mean, I don't say I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that I would be like a great data analyst because I'm an analytics engineer. So I had to know, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't replace any of my data analysts coworkers, mm -hmm. basically. Six months ago, we had a chat, and you told me that you found this new job called analytics engineer, and I asked you, "What is that?" And before that, I had no idea that this role existed. But after talking to you, all of a sudden, I started noticing it everywhere. Like I would go to LinkedIn and I would see um, open positions. I would go to uh, some Slack communities and I would see job postings there. And also on the internet, I started to see this thing. And it looked like it became popular recently. Uh, at least this is my impression. Uh, do you know why it happened, why it became popular and uh, what is the, the gap uh, this role is trying to close? 
Um, yeah, so that's definitely an analytics engineer movement starting. Um, and um, I, I left a few links about this um, and about like uh, people when they started to talk uh, about this and um, like what it is that they need and things like that. And there's one about Spotify and they, um, they talk about this very clearly. Like they were having this kind of issues that the analysts were having to spend too much time uh, doing like the cleaning of the of the data and working. So whenever like they needed a new data, they they needed to set up like this stream of the new data coming in. They needed to check the quality on it. They needed to model the data in a way they could use it. And only after that they were able to sit and and do the actual analysis that they needed, right? And then on the other side, data engineers, they didn't really want it to get more into the, that part. So taking that work out of the data analyst. And then they say that they open this position, like they say, okay, let's just hire like a new person. Like we need someone else, someone in between. Yeah, you were saying that uh, data analysts uh, spend too much time cleaning uh, data, solving quality issues. And then data engineers, for some reasons, didn't want to take care yeah, they, of that. Yeah, they don't want to get more like in the modeling this type of data because then they have to understand why this data is for basically, and and they just want to build the, the infrastructure. Um, and then um, also, what they were seeing is that data analysts were very good at writing and doing like this kind of thing, but they weren't writing like the best uh, code, let's say, uh, and. Uh, they started to see that then they were hiring like more people to do this or something like that. And then they say, we need like a person to do this as a full-time job. And then they open uh, this position and they invented uh, a title, which wasn't analytics engineer, it was something else. It's like data specialist something. Um, and yeah, and that's how they hired their first analytics engineer. And this guy that was hired as the first Spotify, like analytics engineer in Spotify said at the beginning, like, hey, this title that you gave me is crap. And <laughs> I don't know, like, if they maybe found like a blog or something else and, and, and then they change it to analytics engineer. Okay, so it started at Spotify, right? And then it uh, other companies noticed it and also decided to... I don't to know follow. exactly. So they did it in early 2018. And every blog and kind of like that, they, they seem to have started over there. So I don't, I wouldn't pinpoint like, yes, it was Spotify, but I would say people started noticing like this missing role in between. And then, so analysts could actually analyze data and data engineers could actually just care about the infrastructure and the pipelines. Um, yeah. And they, someone came up with analytics engineer. Okay. Yeah. I actually thought that the data engineer should take care of uh, data quality, but I never thought about this of uh, like as they would need to go into, uh, how to say, have this domain knowledge that uh, maybe is difficult to acquire while analysts have it. So, okay. Yeah, so I, uh, before this interview, I wanted to check a couple of uh, positions of an analytics engineer, a couple of job postings, and see what kind of uh, what kind of requirements are there. So I didn't check uh, Spotify. I found a job posting from Airbnb, and they have these requirements. So the first requirement is 
understand data needs by interacting with data scientists and data engineer. Then the second one, architect and build data pipelines with data engineers. Then third one is be a data expert and own data quality. And I think we talked already about all these things uh, like creating data pipelines and uh, uh, taking care of uh, data quality. Then the fourth one is build and improve data tools for auditing, error logging, and so on. And the fifth one is uh, design and build dashboards to enable self-service. Do you think this is an accurate description of the requirements that analytics engineers have in general? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It kind of goes from the pipeline to the BI tool, uh, basically. But again, I think it, it also is going to, since it's, especially since it's such a nice uh, position and all, it's going to change from company to company. So then, for example, in Spotify, they, they also talk about something quite similar. They, they do a lot of, I think they, they talk a little bit more about like being the data owner in a sense and, and check on data quality. But for example, in other companies, like I've seen in Trade Republic, it looks like they, they don't even mention data pipelines. And it seems to be more like on the business kind of side. So going a little bit more towards the data analyst, for example. Mm -hmm. So like there is a wide spectrum of, uh, so you have on one side, you have the data analyst, you have on the other side, the data engineer, and the, there is a whole spectrum of uh, like how you can mix the two, right? To arrive at the, at the analytics engineer. So you can take 50-50. Yeah. Uh, I think in case of Airbnb, my impression is it more uh, leans towards uh, the data engineer because there is yeah. a lot of uh, data pipelines and uh, data tools. Uh, but still they have this uh, design and build dashboards, which is more what analysts would typically do. Uh, so they have maybe, uh, I don't know, 70% data engineering, 30% uh, um, data analysts. Okay, and um, then you said trade, anal uh, trade Republic, they more like maybe they're on the other side of the spectrum. So yeah. they maybe 70% analysts and then 30% engineers. Um, they they do write a lot in the Netflix. I, I really like the Netflix uh, blog in Medium. And um, they actually have an article that I also put on the links uh, where they talk about this. And uh, it looks like also like it varies from team to team. So like some teams are going to need people like analytics engineers that are going to be more technical than others. Um, and there's also another link that I put about new bank that they also have, uh, they use DVT as well. and. Uh, so for example, Airbnb doesn't seem to like, they use DVT. Um, so even the tooling changes, right? And then in Nubank, they even have like this, um, the comparison of what they expect to have like in the analytics engineer profile uh, versus the engineer, the data engineer and the, and the data analyst. And in the case of the analytics engineer, it goes more like to analytics and reporting data pipelines. And then also like uh, this um, data modeling and then uh, the whole like data quality and, and data sharing. Mm -hmm. And there's a nice comment in the live chat. Uh, I just noticed that uh, uh, the comment from Duthaza um, is that data engineers are mainly focused on the infrastructure. They don't leverage insight and curate data. Analytics engineers would take the data and carefully curate it so analysts can streamline, I guess. Uh, 
use yeah. the data easier. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would agree. I also think that uh, I heard, like I didn't hear properly the name, but I also think it's my coworker. <laughs> uh, Lufaza, but I maybe I, I mispronounced it. What's the right way of pronouncing? No, 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 no it's not. It's a, okay. a different way. It looked a little bit like. A... Yeah, but there is uh, Alan who says the Victoria Rocks. Maybe uh, he's your colleague. No, I don't know any Alan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but maybe I... he just realized I rock. Yeah, I, I <laughs> do agree with him. So then um, again, I'm continued with the same position. So we just, we talked about the requirements. And then after requirements, they usually have the skill session section. And in that position, the skills that Airbnb requires from uh, analytics engineer, uh, this is SQL, so no wonder. Then the second category of skills is distributed systems for data processing, which is Spark, Presto, Hadoop, and Hive. Then they have programming, Python or R, uh, schema design, dimensional data modeling, and the last thing, which I liked, an eye for design. So most of these things, I think, are technical, maybe apart from the, the last one. And I think most of these uh, skills, again, apart from the uh, an eye for design, this is what I would see typically in data engineering positions. Um, I think dimensional data modeling, schema design is also something that data engineers tend to do, like when designing uh, data warehouses, maybe, or data lakes or whatever. Uh, so to me, they look quite typical for data engineers. Uh, is it a typical skill set for, for an analytics engineer? Or um, So I wouldn't say, so if, if you want to apply for an analytics engineer at tier, um, and we do have a lot of openings, by the way, um, I wouldn't say you would need all of this. For example, it's definitely you need to know SQL. You definitely know you need um, data modeling. So, like, what is a deem table? What is a fact table? Um, so, basically, you have read Kibble's um, data model, data warehouse uh, book. And then I would expect also something from Snowflake. So, definitely not like a Spark, Presto, Hadoop, Hive, like, not all of that. That looks also way more data engineer focused to me. And in the in programming, also Python or R, we don't. So we analytics engineers at the moment we don't use that. Um, it could also be something that eventually we start using. So for example, if um, we do have some some Python scripts, and I it's not like I've never seen a Python code ever in the last seven months that I've been working at Tier, but I wouldn't say I need it and. And to me, also Python seems a little bit like easy, something that you could pick up if you if you know coding already. Um, yeah, I, I I would say it's a little bit simpler mm -hmm. uh, and not like so data engineering focus. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, like an Airbnb definitely looks way more technical. Um, mm -hmm. The analytics engineer role. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, so you mentioned also Spotify and you mentioned Trade Republic. Um, do you remember what kind of uh, skills they have in their positions? Um, so I know Trade Republic uh, has a very similar tech stack to the one we have. So um, they also have or are about to have a Snowflake and, and then they use DBT as well and uh, some ETL tool something like that. So something around that would probably be. 
Um, I don't remember in the case of Spotify what was, but uh, yeah, for example, in Nubank it's the same, very similar to, to what we have as well. Like they use DBT a lot as well. Uh, they've been featured in the DBT blocks and all. Uh, so it would be something again, like SQL for sure, definitely that, that is going to be uh, what you need and to be uh, familiarized at least with everything like data modeling. And I think DBT, when I see DBT mentioned, I often see also analytics engineer mentioned. I think this is like a, yeah. a pretty typical tool that analytics engineers uh, use, right? Yeah. I think even DBT has an article about uh, the role of analytics engineer, like the, the tool, the, the company itself, they wrote an article about the role of the analytics engineer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so it's also on the links. Um, and they, they they have also learned like useful resources for learning and all. So yeah, and, and they're one of the main, I would say the, the ones that started the analytics engineer movement for sure, like starting this, uh, doing this kind of blogs or talking about analytics engineer or being in conference talking about analytics engineers. Uh, so they're definitely starting and it's heavily related DBT, so you think about analytics engineer, or at least I do, and I immediately think of DBT, and I think it goes the other way around, DBT, analytics engineer. Okay, and uh, what I also noticed is uh, I work as a data scientist, and uh, when it comes to data science, this is also a very, how to say, like the description really is for every company, the, the description of a role is a little bit different. So we have some data analysts for, more uh, data in data scientists who are more actually data analysts. So they do the kind of work uh, that at our company at Olix analysts do. But in some uh, in some cases, data scientists are doing the engineering work. So they're uh, like the, the other maybe end of the spectrum is ML engineer. So sometimes uh, it's called data scientist. And from what I see, when it comes to analytics engineer, uh, it's very similar. So there is uh, there is an analyst, there is uh, a data engineer, and then you have, have the whole spectrum of things in between and every company has its own interpretation of the role, right? Yeah, but I also think uh, the new data teams, let's say, that include the analytics engineer, then they, they also have a well a more defined data analyst or a data scientist. Like as a data analyst, you, you should only take care of analyzing the data, right? Because then we analytics engineers are going to take care of the rest. Uh, same for data scientists. So data scientists, they complain all the time, oh, I have to clean the data all the time. I, I can never, <laughs> well, you don't need to because we are there for you. Okay, so I should ask uh, for analytics engineer, uh, 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 for analytics engineers at work, right? To yeah. help me clean the yeah, data. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should ask for an analytics engineer. Definitely, you need one. Yeah. Okay, so this is who will uh, help us clean the data. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and um, yeah. So you mentioned that analytics engineers uh, help uh, analysts and data scientists with cleaning data. They help uh, with uh, they help data engineers to maybe understand the business domain better how in general they work with others in the team, uh, like with uh, product managers, for example, uh, with uh, maybe backend engineers and with other, with other people in the team. Um, yeah, so since 
I would say uh, our stakeholders. In my case, my stakeholders are my coworkers most of the time. So the, the data analysts and the data scientists, for example. Um, so in there, it varies a lot. I, for example, in particular, I don't have much exposure to product managers, to, to the business of stakeholders. Some of my coworkers, they do have, so analytics engineers, they do have more. But the idea is also that the analyst is going to take care of doing like he's going to or he or she is going to still be doing their their work and they're talking like to this business as stakeholders understand what they need and then um also take to us but this doesn't mean that we analytics engineers are not going to talk with the business as stakeholders it could be that you also need to go directly to the business as stakeholder as well and in the case of the backend engineers it's most likely that you're also going to be involved in the let's say that there's a new event that has to come in because of new kind of data is coming in, then you're probably going to have to talk with the backend engineers as well to see how they set up that event, because at the end, you're going to consume that, right? So you have to, of course, be involved. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Also, one, one thing about the analytics engineers um, uh, in, a, in a team and how it works. Um, in, my, in my company, we have the analytics platform, so the, like the data platform. And then we have like more, um, so like operations analytics, commercial analytics, and they have data analysts and data scientists. And we in the platform, and then there's data engineer, right? And uh, we in the platform, we are all analytics engineers. But then each one of these teams, they are also getting an analytics engineer. So this is going to be, so it's getting like to be decentralized. So these analytics engineers, for example, they're going to be more exposed to that, right? So to, to this business uh, stakeholders, because they're going to be inside the, let's say the operations analytics team. Um, and this is also in the links. I, I left um, a link on how Nuvanka is actually talking about how they're doing that, how they're scaling and making that this team's they don't depend on the on the platform. They don't depend on the analytics engineers uh, from the platform. They have their own analytics engineers in their teams. So this mm -hmm. is also like a way to collaborate, let's say. Mm -hmm. So if uh, to summarize it, to make sure I understood you correctly, so yeah. there is a platform team where uh, there are a lot of analytics engineers, and then you have uh, separate teams, and then each team maybe would have. Uh, one analytics engineer who would work with the rest of the people in the team, right? Yeah, exactly. That will take care only of the, let's say the commercial analytics engineer will only take care of the commercial topics, mm -hmm. for example, where me in the platform, I'm going to be working more on the base uh, data in general. So like maybe a more source kind of data or things like that. Mm -hmm. And actually, speaking of sources, we have a question about that. So in your role, how do you deal with bad data coming from, uh, from different sources or from changing schemas? Um, yeah, so in the case of changing schemas, at least the, the, the tool that we have at the moment, uh, it adapts to that. So in there, we don't have much of an issue. I would say, I mean, it's of course something that could still like if we have models that rely a lot on that, but um, um, in that sense, I, I would say it's not such a big issue. And then in the terms of data quality, that's something that we're still working a lot. And I don't think it's something that you ever finish. You ever get to a point that say my, my data is 100% good. Mm -hmm. 
like the best data. Um, but um, there's a lot also, I would say there's a lot going on on the company, uh, not like a little bit like outside of us as well, because uh, coming a lot of this data from the backend engineers, the data has to come clean from there as well, right? Or like in a good mm -hmm. quality from there. Where we are doing, I can tell you what we are doing right now is we clean a lot of that in DVT and that gives a, a lot of um, control because we can see that code definitely what, what is doing like what is exactly what are the records that we are I don't know deduplicating or excluding or um, transforming or things like that so we do a lot of that DVT also lets you create what they call macros uh, which is a UDF basically like you would create in in, in uh, any SQL um, I don't know server snowflake or whatever and um, kind of thing. And then we can also use that. We use that sometimes to transform, let's say, like the name of the cities. So we have like the same names for all the cities in every, in all of our data or things like that. And there's also test, right? So like we check that the cities are defined, um, that, I don't know, if a number has to be between one to five, it doesn't go beyond that or things like that. And these tests, they apply to each incoming row. So for each row that DBT sees, yeah. there is a test. And if some record doesn't pass this test, you get an alert. Um, so, so, uh, so the test is basically a query. Uh -huh. uh, so let's say you would define your model, you would create your model, and then you would define the columns. And then I would define that this column, for example, the test that I'm going to apply is not null. So then at the end, when you run the test, when you execute this test, what it's going to do is going to select from this table uh, where this field is null. And then if this returns something, if this returns nothing, then okay, test pass. If it returns something, then it's going to give you either a warning or an error. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about DBT is that we can do that before building the models. So then we could like, for example, what we do is we check that the sources don't have errors. If they do have errors, then the models that use the sources, they're not going to be built. So we don't build things on wrong data, let's say. Mm -hmm. That's how we control quality. And then I guess at some point, maybe somebody comes to you, an analyst and saying, hey, something is wrong with this data. And you start looking and then maybe uh, uh, realizing that there isn't, you missed something in your test and then you would add an extra test, right? Yeah, ideally, so this is uh, my, what I would really like is that we never get to that point, right? We never get to the point that someone has to say, hey, these numbers, they don't match or whatever. So I would like that we have tests kind of like for everything so we are always ahead, but I don't know if you ever get to that point. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Um, we have another question is, um, how is this position uh, related to a BI analyst and BI developer? And uh, how is it different from these two? Um, I don't know exactly what would be BI analyst. I, I would imagine something more like a data analyst kind of mm -hmm. position, right? So then it would be the same mm -hmm. as before, right? Like you're a little bit before, you don't really do the analysis per se, you just, make the data available. So the data analysts, they can do the analysis. Uh, and with BI? BI developer. Like, I think I suspect maybe uh, like in these BI tools, uh, instead of having a data engineer and data analyst, you would have a BI analyst who uh, 
who does the analysis and then you would have a data warehouse developer who would actually build the data warehouse, uh, which is probably synonymous uh, to the role of a data engineer these days. Um, yes, um, maybe it's, uh, yeah, I would say maybe BI developer, I, I think it would also depend, right, on, on what the company is calling a BI developer. I would say it's quite close to maybe the analytics engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, because I would imagine they write SQL as well and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have a question about uh, how, and this is something I also wanted to ask you. Like, let's say I am an analyst and I want to become an analytics engineer. How can I do this? How can I make this transition? What kind of things I need to do to, to become an analytics engineer? Um, yeah, so try to learn about, I would say, try to learn about good uh, software development kind of practices. What does look, good code looks like? What are the good practices to implement? Uh, learn about, definitely learn about data modeling. So read books like Kimball, maybe Edmond. Um, there's also, so there's also two links that I left. One is DBT learning. They, they have a lot of, and, and this is free, um, and they have, of course, it's around DVT, but they do talk, they do talk about deem tables, fact tables, what are those, and things like that. Um, and there's also another repository that someone very generous built, and it has a lot of things. It has a lot of links to reading about pipelines, uh, reading about good practices, reading about um, SQL, so definitely, write good SQL um, and other kind of like tools like DVT, for example. Is it also, you, you mentioned this uh, repository with uh, information. Uh, is it something you also put in the links? Yeah, yeah. It's uh -huh. in the in the learning resources. This one is very good. Analytics readings is called. Analytics uh, readings. Links. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the links, uh, there is a question, I'm not seeing the links, uh, they are not in the chat, they're in the description, so if you go to the description, the first link there, uh, you click on this and uh, there's a notion document with all the links uh, that Victoria prepared for today. Yeah, and uh, okay, so these are the, the good resources, so you said we need to, like an, an analyst would need to pick up some uh, good uh, software engineering practices, learn data modeling, and then uh, learn DBT and SQL is the most important tool. But I think for analysts, this is not a problem. They already know SQL, right? Um, more or less. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think for analysts, this is the, the tool that they use 80% of the time, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so they should be pretty good at this already. So probably- I try not to be like the data analyst at Spotify. That mm -hmm. code apparently. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, how can I, like, I really like what I hear. And um, let's say I'm an analyst or data engineer, or I don't know, somebody who works in with ERP systems. And I think this is really cool. I want to try. How do I make sure that this is something for me? How do I make sure that I love uh, this kind of work? Um, so if you like data modeling, if you, if you like, like, um figure out how to like create like your, your models, you like your tables, how to 
to make model the data to make it available. If you show more that, so let's say you're a data analyst and then you show more that part, for example, even I think you're going like a little bit to the analogy company, right? Um, if you also care a lot about the data quality, I would say um, about the good practices, right? Uh, as I said before, so for example, we we built a lot in my in with my team, we build a lot like guidelines and things like that for everyone. So for the data analysts and data scientists as well on how to write the code, where like the good practices around this, how to take care of the test and, and things like add your tests or like how to do a proper PR review and all these kind of things. Um, and that's something also I would say that we all have in common in, with the other analytics engineers. Like we, we care a lot about that more than maybe the the data analysts that they care a little bit more about answering those questions, right? Which is okay because that's what they're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm also wondering if there is uh, there are some annoying parts of your work. So for me as a data scientist, I have to clean a lot of data. And for many people, this is like, uh, again, I have to, you know, clean the data. Now, I, by the way, I know the solution. We just need to hire <laughs> analytics engineers. Yeah. Are there such things in uh, for analytics engineers that uh, they are annoying, but you have to do this? Because if you don't, then, uh, like, for example, if I don't clean the data, then uh, my models will be bad. So I have to do this. So it's annoying, but it's inevitable. Are there things like that in... Uh, in the job of uh, an analytics engineer? Um, yeah, so I would say that the most, I wouldn't say it's like extremely annoying, but the most annoying part is like, we work a lot of like defining guidelines, all these kind of things. Um, and then maybe we, we can't really make people follow them, um, which is um, sometimes a bit uh, maybe like, yeah, that would be the most annoying part also not annoying but not as rewarding let's say if i compare it with other shops i have in the past so before if i would automate and something like a process and reports and something like that when i was working and my with my stakeholders were the accountants and then month and close suddenly it was being done in one day thanks to my work instead of one week it was like a party right like i was a superhero and <laughs> And now, since my stakeholders are um, like technical, technical people, they kind of like know a little bit more, so they don't get surprised. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so. like a booster ego, maybe. Uh, but I also asked this about uh, to my coworkers, and um, okay, so one of them said that the annoying thing is working with another analytics engineers. But I thought <laughs> he was joking. <laughs> How many do you have in your company? Uh, what? How many analytics engineers you have in your more than two? Um, nine, we are. Nine, okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, well, I can be very pushy, so I don't know. Maybe that was <laughs> to me. Uh, but they also they also talk a lot about like the stakeholders uh, management, um, the QI and uh, QC, so like everything around that kind of things. Um, and sometimes like you have to deal with things that you don't expect from backend, backend events, or, like even the, the, the stakeholders, like suddenly you have to kind of like jump in uh, to stuff that could have been planned or something like that. Um, and then that we don't have much control over the raw data. We are very limited to the tool that we have in that sense. And it's not like we build custom pipelines 
um, in like because we use this tool, right? Mm -hmm. So you have less control over the raw data than data engineers, right? Yeah. So maybe and data engineers can do more, and you're limited uh, to the tools. Another thing that uh, that one said, uh, I almost forgot. It was like the data quality is not our fault in most cases, unless like we made a mistake, of course. But we are affected by that the most, right? Because we're the ones that take care of that uh, most of the time. And like when something when the the quality is not good of the data, we are the ones that and immediately we have to jump in and take like all this ad hoc uh, work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it happens for many people, not just analytics engineers. Like yeah. analysts would do, also need to do like ad hoc dashboards for something important, and data engineers would also. I don't know, uh, maybe there's some data quality issue and then they need to run and fix it. Yes, do you know what is a data profile? Because there is a question about data profile and I, so I don't know, maybe I can just read the, the question and you tell me if it makes sense for you. I not. don't know what a data yeah. profile is, but yeah, you can read it and let's see if we can. Yeah, so it. curious about uh, data documentation. Uh, I've been planning to use DBT uh, but I noticed it doesn't have a great data profile. How do you show data profile? I think this is related uh, to- Yeah, I know what data profile is. So I guess the, yeah, the profile of the data, like you see kind of like how the data looks like average, no values and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's true. Um, it doesn't, uh, DBT doesn't have it very well. There are also tools that are working now on top of data uh, of DBT, for example, and they are taking care of that. So for, for example, um, Datafold. Datafold has something like that about data profiling. And um, there's another one, uh, Monte Carlo, for example, I think they also have data profiling. Also, there are other tools as well. Uh, DVT doesn't, doesn't have that. I think doesn't have that yet, uh, but it's also because it's not the role, right, of DVT. So DVT is going to support you in the workflow. But on documentation, which is not the same, right? Uh, documentation, um, data profiling helps you to understand it. So it could be considered part of documentation, but I wouldn't say it's the same. On documentation, DBT actually has a lot. Um, it could have more, but it has a lot because it has a schema YML associated to every model and every source as well. And in there, you can write descriptions. You can write descriptions for your model and you can also write descriptions for every field if you wanted to. And then you can have tags, on your models, you can even add your custom metadata kind of like fields. So let's say I want to have like a metadata field for, um, I don't know, the area, the model it's about or things like that. And then all of this goes to, they have this DVT docs uh, that you can host yourself or it's part of the DVT cloud as well. And there you can see everything and you can filter, you can filter by the, but the model names, you can filter by the field names. Uh, it also has like the, the everything like that. And it has a very small profiling, which is um, amount of lines. So yeah, amount of rows that the table has, table size, and maybe like one more little thing, but it's not super detailed and it has the code and it has dependencies. So it's mm -hmm. very easy to go from there and see what else are you going to affect if you touch something. Mm -hmm. 
So as understood, so the like in DBT, when you write your queries, you can also have a different file next to your queries where you can define the schema. And then for each field there, you can write the description of this field. And then based on that, you can generate a documentation, which you yeah. can host yourself on hosting the cloud. And this documentation will also show you the dependencies between different tables, right? Yeah. Okay. Which is like uh, pretty nice. Uh, like, I guess it shows you not only you have, uh, you know, what kind of data you have, what kind of fields you have, you also can see the data lineage because you know where the data is coming from. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm looking at the question. So another question we have is how do you go about writing tests using SQL? Um, I think we, touched on that a bit. You said like with dbt, you can write some unit tests, right? Yeah. Which are queries. Um, is there anything else uh, in dbt for that? Um, so you can use some of them, the ones that, that come, which are like the unique and not null, for example, like basic stuff. And they would do, they would translate to a query, right? So you would only write unique, for example, in the test you want to apply. And that would translate to a query, like I said, like it would do select from uh, this field that you said is null or um, something like that. But then you can write your own queries and your queries can do anything you want. Um, just think about that, right? It should give you something like a select count at the end kind of query, right? But you can, you can do anything around that. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, so the, the question is also, I get continuous, I only ask the first part of the question. Uh, so uh, I feel that it can get overwhelming to maintain all these tests over time. Do you have any best practices uh, uh, for that? Uh, like how can you deal with maintaining all these tests? Um, mm, not that I can think of, but I would say try to keep them generic or something like that, right? Try to maybe try to think about your test as something that could be a package. Um, if we think about like, let's say like a Python package or something like that, like try to think about like that, that could be a library. So try to keep them generic and not like super specific. Sometimes you don't need something super specific to test if a certain number is right or wrong, right? So probably try to do something like that, I would say. Okay, so there are a couple of, not questions, but uh, quotes, and I want to read uh, them out. So the first is, uh, think of the analytics engineer like a librarian who curates the data in a certain way so scientists and analysts can find what they need more effectively, more efficiently. Yeah, that comes from the DBT blog. I'm 70% sure on that one, but I, uh, I think that comes from the DBT blog. Okay. I agree, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, uh, a librarian. And then another one, maybe you also know where it comes uh, from. Or, or So it, this is how it goes. The analytics engineer is the chameleon of the team. They can build custom apps and tools to serve the team they're working with. Uh, nice. I didn't know that one. But <laughs> I do know someone that, one that's very similar, and it was written by... Um, her name is Rocio, but I don't remember the surname. And she used to be an analytics engineer in, in our, uh, Netflix. And she said that the analytics engineers are Swiss knife armies. 
so Stephen are right, like as a chameleon, I would say. Yeah, so you need to do to know some analytics, how to do some analytics. You also need to do some data engineering. And uh, so I guess you need to wear different hats all the time. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think we run out of questions. The last question we have is, this will video be recorded and put on YouTube? It is already on YouTube. It will stay there, it will not go away. So you can, at any point of time, come back to this video and rewatch it. And it will also be released as a podcast one week later. So do check it out. And uh, yeah, I think I covered all the questions I prepared for you. Do you have any last words? Uh, no, there's only one that uh, we're missing, which is like how technical the role is in presenting. Ah, yeah, but I think we covered that. Yeah. Um, but I just want to, to say like one okay. thing. I was thinking like it was more like a 50 or 60. And mm -hmm. then I asked my coworker and he was a data analyst. Then he moved to data engineer and now he's an analytics engineer. And he told me that it's only like 20%. <laughs> so uh, if we think like, okay, so 0% technical is, let's say 5% technical is product manager, right? So sometimes they yeah. run some SQL queries, uh, but they are mostly dealing with uh, priorities and other stuff that is not technical. And then we have uh, maybe data engineer who is super technical, maybe 95%. So they still get to talk to people, this remaining 5%, but they are uh, very technical. And what you're saying is uh, that you think that it's 60%, right? So yeah. analytics engineer is 60, while your colleague thinks it's 20. See, it's like 20, 30, because he says he's not doing writing so much code as he used to as uh -huh. an engineer. Okay, <laughs> so he was a data engineer and became an analytics engineer. He, he wore the whole amount of hats because he was a data analyst and then uh -huh. a data engineer and now an analytics engineer. Ah, uh -huh. so that person can actually yeah. uh, have, uh, he has seen uh, many different things. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So do you agree with that? No, I, I, I stay on the, I understand where he comes from. I, I stay on the 50, 60, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you, even though you don't write the code as much, you definitely need to know how to, or like mm -hmm. at least you see, to see when it's bad code, let's say, and then mm -hmm. be able to, to correct it. And uh, when I look at this description of an analytics engineer in, at Airbnb, I think it's very technical. Yeah. Like if we talk about that kind of analytics engineer, that is a very technical role. So I think it's maybe like 70% or 80. Yeah. I, I would say that's like a good mix, at, mm -hmm. at least for me, that I've never been 100% technical. I've always been kind of like in between. I always had to either learn about accounting mm -hmm. and IT at the same time kind of thing. I would say it's a good mix because there are days that I have to be in meetings and like brainstorming and learning stuff and things like that about like where the questions going around the data and there are other days that I can just listen to my music and write mm -hmm. my, my models and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So do you have any other last words? No. <laughs> How people can find you? Uh, LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I, I guess my name is on the video, right? So Victoria Perez Mola. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess uh, that's it for today. Um, 
Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us uh, today, for sharing your experience with us. And thanks everyone for listening and asking your questions and for sharing this night's quotes. Uh, I really like them. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for today, I guess. And everyone uh, have a great uh, weekend. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And so I had a great time. Have a nice yes. weekend as well. You too. Goodbye. <laughs>